fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I are playing the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The campaign is Horror on the Orient Express. It's available from Chaosium. I'm the Keeper of Arcane Lore, and this is episode 52. Our recap will be given by Josh Harwood as his character, Dr. Dorian Dabrowski. So, without any further delays, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Josh? Thank you, voice in my head. Uh, anyway, it's been strange. I finally got a moment to breathe, to think to myself. It's Everything has been too much. I've been too far into myself. The days are all just blending into one. Like, we've we had a case for a market that led to nothing. Not really. Led to nothing, really. Put all that exercise in, and it was just all for meaningless nothing. To me, anyway. It just felt worthless at the time. We'd wasted all that energy. And it was another dead end, like many of our journey. Well, a lot of our journey at the minute. Uh, we then had this very, very, very long discussion about who, who could have betrayed us. We mentioned about Julius Smythe, he could be someone plotting against us after all that um, nonsense with the uh, that woman, the fortune teller, uh, and our doctor friend. We have long, we are now suspecting him, and we have found out that he has gone missing. He did not return home, not as far as anyone is aware. He's not even returned to America, but he might not, if he was going back to America, he might not have arrived yet. But as far as we are aware, he has disappeared. Uh, which could mean either two things. They followed him and killed him. Or captured, or, well, three things, or captured him. Or he is a traitor and he has betrayed us. Which I am worrying it might be the latter. We uh, now discussed going to the castle. But me... And my good friend, we decided to uh, go down and get the mail from Julius Smythe. Um, this is where it got a bit tricky. We got it and it was coded. Uh, after a long, long, long time, where it felt like forever. Almost 40 minutes. Who knows? Uh, but this is what we got out of it. To my burdened friends from Julius Smythe. We are trying to circumnavigate our enemies. Had a close call in Prague. Managed to secure two scrolls. We'll send them on to Constantinople. Imperial Ottoman Bank. Safety deposit. 51332. Cannot enter Constantinople. Too dangerous for me. Would be recognized. Suspect other scrolls are there at Topkapi Museum. Will not be on display. Muslims consider them blasphemous. Sorry to get you involved. Best of luck. And, and that is what we managed to get. And now as I am sat here deep in my thoughts as we have decoded this, trying to, in my own little mind palace, I zone back into reality. And now it's reality. Thank you, voice on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> um all right so 
you've decoded the message. Uh, uh, you had mentioned uh, going to the, the castle, and I thought you'd said the library as well, but I can't remember. Anyway, what would you guys like to do next? It's still morning. Isn't it morning? It's morning. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because the first thing, the first thing we we did uh, was to go check at least uh, Dorian and myself um, to check to see if there were any messages. Right. It's interesting that he mentions in the coded message that he cannot go because he'd be recognized, and yet all of us clearly are recognizable as we've been tailed and almost everywhere. What, I, what I believe that he means. Um... Theodore, is that if you recall the account that we read of the Blood Red Fez, he, uh, Smythe, was present in Constantinople and would be personally recognized by the leaders of that cult. Well, they, well, the cult, I'm sure, knows that there is now a group of us in opposition. I do not know that they know precisely what it is that we look like, as opposed to Smythe, who they certainly, who they went to attack in England. Yeah, specifically. Yeah, good point. They they know exactly who he is. Yeah, to the best of my knowledge, we have not been preceded by any members of the cult. We either leave them behind when we flee, or, and several of them have been defeated in combat with us and with others. So I'm not sure that they have positive identification for us. Uh, yeah, so this uh, tower museum seems uh, a notable place to investigate. Um, we may also wish to attempt the the bazaar again simply because we found one false artifact does not mean there's nothing there for us uh, i'm not even sure that that artifact was intended to be false it might simply have been suggestive although i have suspicions but uh, yeah we have already seen that the um the uh the napping garden there does in fact allow transit to the dreamlands, so the place has uh, some kind of paranormal facility. Perhaps the tower also can. It, it might be related to the fact that there's an artifact in the tower. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, All right. So you've gathered your stuff together. What you're going to take with you today? Where are you going to wait for? Um, uh, uh, well, I wrote uh, it down. Dushan? Sure. I mean, I'd hate to sever our ties with him. He's been helpful. And, I mean, we can just tell him, hey, we're going to the tower. And maybe he's got, like, a, a guy that can get us discount tickets. Well, at the very least, he can translate if anyone doesn't speak another one of our languages. True. I assume at a tourist destination, they'll be translating... And there'll be people who have broader European accent, uh, experience, but he seems helpful. 
So he arrives when you asked him to, and uh, yeah, is very happy to uh, take you to the uh, the 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 fort is what it is. So fort mm-hmm. fortification. Uh, and to your surprise, as you arrive there, he begins this very rehearsed sort of tour guidey tour for you. Um, seems like maybe he has multiple jobs in the city, gets whatever he can. And in this case, he's very happy to point things out to you and take you through um, his tour. You guys tend to like to look at stuff close up and so forth. But after the second hour, you haven't, you, you've pretty much finished the tour and you haven't seen anything remotely unusual or that would lead you to believe something else. So we'll say it's approaching lunchtime. Hmm. Hmm. This is a good start. We've got the preliminary grounds mapped out. But uh, Does it seem like there's any place that the tour is sort of skirting around? Like... Like maybe there's an area that's sort of locked off that tourists don't go to, or does this seem very thorough? Like we've seen everything. Well, it's an old fortification, so there's not they're not like really using it anymore as a fortification. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you think you've pretty much seen everything, including the gift shop. Hmm. Interesting. It's not an unpleasant way to spend the day, but yeah. Not what we're hoping for. The only thing Smythe had for us. Um, so, so Dushan, uh, you, you're kind of uh, plugged into the uh, gossip around town, I, I'm assuming, correct? Yes, sir. Oh, uh, has there been any uh, parts of town where there's been like a outbreak of unexplained, like, you know, health problems like maybe someone's someone's you know a lot of uh nose sniffles and you know we just don't want to go anywhere where we could get sick or anything you know just as we're turning around you know well i don't know there's not particularly any place you know they usually we usually post signs if there's you know something contagious but i haven't seen anything in the newspapers lately i mean there are sick people everywhere yeah that's just natural no like uh area where it's definitely been centered at or anything okay you mean like an area where everybody has headaches or everybody has right uh, yeah yeah sore sore leg yeah i don't know of any place like okay yeah well you know you know uh there's these more remarkable studies apparently like black mold can cause problems for people who would have known and so you know maybe we don't want to go around that oh well that's good that's good so when we return this town we'll we'll be there's no area to watch out for Hmm. no what other what other tourist places would you like to see or do you want to see things other than tourist places Oh, should we just see um is the is the palace currently where our head of state resides or is it a historical space or museum of some sort I'm not sure if there's a palace oh 
the new Konak. No, I don't have any information on that at all. It's probably, yeah, the head of state where the, I don't know, king yeah. of Serbia would live. Yes. I don't that know would, what their politics is. That would explain the new part, perhaps, if it's of a recent construction, uh, and therefore not likely to have ancient bits lying around. Well, the city itself was really destroyed during uh, World War One, and it's being rebuilt, but yeah. Uh, most of the stuff, most of the construction, you see a lot of new construction. Mm -hmm. The fortress survived because it was no longer a fortress after all. Right. Well, and also you could see that it was quite fortified. I mean, it would be, it would take a lot of firepower just to knock down the walls. Um, well, modern walls are not quite as tough as 17 feet of rock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, you guys mentioned going back to the bazaar, which is in the north. Yeah, not far from the fortress at all. We could pass through again. The people, uh, was he was with us when we had the attack, yeah? Yeah. Um, is that a, this is not a common scene in the bazaar, I'm sure. This is very unusual, I trust. Um, there are so many people, the the uh, number of uh, crimes that take place. Um, there's quite a few. That was a little wild, but fist fights and, uh, and arguments over things happen all the time. Uh, the police try to keep it under control, but, you know, it's... It's pretty difficult. And of course, and he makes a a rather harsh remark about, you know, gypsies being everywhere, the Chigani. Although the fortune teller we spoke with was quite interesting herself. Uh, gypsy fortune tellers are dime a dozen, I guess, but <laughs> hmm. the Romani. The one odd difference about the Romani in this region is that they're Christian, not uh, not Muslim. A lot of uh, Romani are Muslim, but these are all Orthodox Christians. Uh, despite that, they're still not looked. They still have things, traditions, and stuff they do that are not liked by the other Christians. Ah, uh, yes. Well. So if you go back, in fact, to the bazaar, um, as you're looking around, you realize the one thing that sort of stands out to you is that the fortune teller is no longer there. Hmm. Is, is, go ahead, please. Oh, is her, her booth not there entirely it's or her there. booth there, but she's not in it? No, it's it's not there. Nothing's there. Oh, okay. The tent, so the booth. He picked up shop and left. There's like a jewelry store there now, or a jewelry oh. shop. She was this, <laughs> just there for you, Herr Dabrowski. We should feel honored. She made a special visit. She and her hand no. friend. 
So the day is pretty much yours um, until you get that uh, thing from the Treasury Department. Yeah. Um, you're kind of out of luck on stuff to do. You could go back to the uh, university, or go back to the museum, um, and just look around and do stuff or try to research stuff. But you got to decide what you want to research. Yeah. Uh, is the uh, is the cathedral a place that people come and they visit when they are passing through town? Child, sometimes Saint Michael's Cathedral is a beautiful, beautiful church. Um, uh, after lunch, perhaps we'll see the cathedral. They're often interesting. Do they have perhaps any relics in the Saint Michael's? Oh yes, all 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 churches have relics in them. No. Maybe there's a maybe Saint Michael left behind an arm when he passed through. Do you know the history of the Saint Michael? Is he is he specific to something that happened here in Belgrade? Oh, Saint Saint Michael is the archangel, uh, Michael, the one on the horseback slaying the devil or throwing the devil down to the ground. Maybe. Um, okay, so. You see the cathedral, it's beautiful and everything. You're shown around the town, but it seems like you're getting nowhere on any kind of investigation. Yeah. Um, the evening comes, you have dinner, and unless there's anything that you want to do tomorrow morning, you can probably go pick up your papers. I'd, I'd like to, with the portion of the day, before we turn in for the evening, to uh, just go to the newspapers and peruse any, looking for any unusual stories uh, in the last month or so. Okay. Weird deaths, things like that. Yeah, th that sort of thing. Things like, sort of like what we ran into back in Venice and such, uh, where, you know, like those bizarre creatures, just, you know, any, any stories that have, Echoes of those. Okay. Why don't you do a library for me? Oh, yeah. There we go. That's nice. Hey, 36. But what does that mean? What does that mean? Library. Oh, out of 40. That was a success. So you successfully realize you don't find anything interesting. <laughs> <laughs> But I successfully did that. Except yeah. that, that Keith has lost his head. Oh wait, there what? it is. Oh no, sorry, that was that was that was uh, Josh that lost his head. <laughs> I was like, oh my god! Uh, I'd like to uh, with uh, go if uh, Theodore, you went to the library also. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I'd like to join him and maybe just do a little research. Uh, did Napoleon's troops, did they come here, come through Belgrade? And if they did, where did they, like, where was their encampment or anything? You know, I honestly don't know if Napoleon came through Belgrade or not. So. Let's see. Uh, you don't find anything on Napoleon. Well, you probably do if he came through the area, but... Uh, it doesn't seem to give you any pertinent information. Okay. But uh, you do start to uh, 
let's see, you do start to look around through other things, maybe the history of the region. Mm -hmm. And you find one thing that just sort of sounds interesting, Mm. Uh, but maybe not pertinent, just interesting. Mm. Looks like hard to pronounce. Uh, The extract extract from the campaign archives of Nikephoros the first, the emperor of Byzantium, eight eight o two to eight eleven A.D. During frontier expeditions to the region, the temple brothel to Sibyl in the forest of Moesia was found to harbor activity so abhorrent to the minds of Christian men that only its utter destruction by fire could be countenanced. The Drongares recounted that some of his men saw in the smoke of the temple the very spirit of the pagan goddess rise up large as a titan, screaming with many voices, her hair waving as if in a great storm. The weak-hearted grew afraid and ran, but in the morning, among the ashes of the ruin, nothing remained. Yeah, I can see why I grabbed my attention. Activity ab- abhorrent, you know, that reminds me of that vis- Viscount, you know. Hmm. But other than that, you don't really find much. Uh, You don't really have any avenues of research. If you look into seeing if you can find anything on the simulacrum, nothing. No. I'd probably do a little follow-up on that article I found, see if, like, uh, because it mentioned, like, see if there was any mention of where that location was. Because, I mean, 800, that was, you know, 1,100 years ago, you know. There's any like, hey, it was in this part, you know, the lat long or something where I could cross reference and well, basically the uh it, it mentions the the forest of Moesia. The forests of Moesia. Uh it's a large region. Uh it's oh. uh probably called something different now, but a lot of Serbia is forests. Mm-hmm. Um, the difficulty and- is even if we could determine that the artifact was in this area in eight eight hundred AD, we know it was in France. Yeah, in its entirety, the complete simulacrum in seventeen seventeen. Ah, yes, yes. Thank you. yeah. You're a It also does ring ring familiar with what. Um, the professor already told you that this region, uh, see, that's Professor uh, uh, Milo, Milovan Todorovic, uh, that this region was settled by the Romans and it's rich in uh, temples and things like that that were constructed by the Romans uh, and that a, a good number of pre roman uh, pieces have been found and put. That's kind of why you're on this track, because mm-hmm. a lot of the uh, stuff is in excellent condition. It's never been screwed up by humans for the last uh, 800 years. I am unfamiliar with the worship of Sibele. Uh, 
Dr. Neruda, do you, what do you recall about this oh, figure? Oh, this is my area of expertise. Can I roll a cult? Yeah, you can roll the internet if you want to. <laughs> you know, 65 is a pass. So yeah. I will look it up because Neruda knows. Uh, let's see. Da, da, da. She was a Phrygia. She's from Phrygia. The only known goddess of Phrygia. Mm. Which yeah. used to be in um, what is now Turkey. Have we heard something? Is she related to the Roman uh, Magna Mater? She, uh, the yes, the the Great Mother is how she was known by the Romans. Has this has this phrase come up before, or am I remembering another life? There's there was a I've heard rumors that there was a family in England that worshipped. Um, Magna Mater for a time, but that's just hearsay. Very good. Yeah, Rats, so I thought you'd know more. <laughs> Rats, I know. Hmm. Cults and forests. Do I hear something and... in the walls? I don't know. Um, cats are starting to act weird. Yeah, but it's very a very obscure. Um, ancient like religion of the ancient world of the romans um kind of adopted yeah like the modern the many syncretic things of different figures in europe so it spread with rome and then kind of died out with rome huh yeah yeah, I do feel as though there's uh, an obvious connection between a sort of female earth deity that's local to this area and the artifacts that we are concerned with. Even if we found a shrine to this thing, I'm not sure it would present us with the piece that we require. Um, since we uh, hopefully will have our paperwork first thing in the morning, perhaps we'll have a, a stroll around the city center after dinner familiarize ourselves with the yeah. layout of the downtown and uh, perhaps we haven't always rested well in these travels so if we get a good night's sleep we can dedicate ourselves to the unexhibited pieces at the museum that that pass will give us access to yeah in fact i will i will say that you have a rather pleasant evening i mean you're all still a little paranoid and you're and, and so forth. But uh, when you, uh, just before you decide to leave the restaurant and, and go back to the hotel and have a rest, um, Theodore, I'd like you to roll a 1d4. 1d4 coming up. All right, 1d4, where are you? It's 1d6, well, come on, 1d4. My spot hidden on 1d4 is 40. Okay, I'm going to roll a 1d6 and just re-roll. 
there's a one. Okay. Um, as you stand up from the table and you begin to walk outside, uh, you notice that the wind is blowing from the north. The rest of you notice that Theodore seems a bit distracted all of a sudden. Neruda, is Thursby sniffing the night air? Um, I believe uh, Thurs Theodore. Theodore. Theodore, my friend. Hmm. I, I walk up to him and tap him on the foot. Theodore, my friend. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, just it's that, that northern wind. I can yeah. feel something's in the air. Don't you feel it? Is this the similar feeling that you had? Yeah, it's, it's been with me for a while. I, something's from the north, something chilling to the bone. Yeah, well, the cold's hard on on joints. I know what you're talking about. I no, Theodore doesn't seem bothered by the cold, but he did believe that we were being followed by something back when we were in um Vinkovich. Vinkovici. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, yeah, we're having a similar experience. I'm not sure what it is, but Yes, just something's out there. Something seems to be calling in the wind. I, I just don't know. Did you do a power roll, by the way, Stu? Do a power roll. Oh, oh not yet. Here, here it is. Power roll. Ooh, look at that. Should I tell everybody? Should I just chat you? Well, do you know what happens if you fail? Yeah, second. Uh, um, sorry, I'm fine. Okay. okay. So you shake it off. Yeah, I just I got I got a nice happy twenty nine. Hmm. North. Okay. What do you think it is, Theodore? I don't. I. It's something. Something's been with me for a while. Something seems like it's calling. Some. Something. Something in the this... wind. It, it like rides on the wind. It, it's it must be connected somehow to the simulacrum. And you first started to feel this when we went into those caves. I believe so. That seems about oh, the ballpark time. Hmm. It's just it seems like another manifestation that we're all sort of running into different different aspects of this. I, I can't explain it. Well, I mean, I, I've, I've been a... suspicious that we've been followed by something for quite some time now. Can I? What can I do? You can do an idea roll. Because we know we know something killed the man in Venice that took um, no the man in Milan yeah. who took Katarina's voice. There was something that I saw in the clock tower in Venice. Oh six. Wow. That is an extreme well, success. Two things, then. Theodore doesn't seem to be afraid of the North. He seems to want to go towards the North. He seems to be physically pulled a little. He's resisted it, so he's okay. But the other thing is, is that 
he actually started exhibiting these symptoms when he picked up that coin that was inside the basement of the old bar, the uh, one that Wilkman had hidden. Yeah. You remember what that was? That coin, Theodore. Mm-hmm. That coin you picked up in the basement. Do you recall what kind of coin it was? No, it was seemed very old. It didn't seem like any. Was common. it? Was it a? Was it a Roman coin? Was it a Roman? I'm not. I'm not recalling. But it the... seemed out of hmm. place for the other coins that Vilkoman had uh, gathered. It it was strange. It looked like it was maybe made out of silver. Uh, but it was untarnished, and it was a strange figure yes. on the back that looked kind of like mountains, but with a a thin humanoid form in the sky. Yeah, I wonder. And if it's we the could thing that the uh, it's the thing that the uh, Loigar wanted. Yeah, and then we and we uh, we gave up. You exchanged the... it. Yeah, yeah, exchanged yeah. it. Now. Well, you gave it to them. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, I did. I did. I, I still had my presence of my. Actually, I wouldn't be saying this, but I mean, yeah. Um, now, Theodore, uh, this from the north. Does it feel like it's changing direction? Like when we were further west, did it feel like it's more of the northeast, and now it's more to the north as we've moved east, or is it just in general? A pull to the north. Would 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 I know how far north this is? Is this like a polar north, or you think that it's like compass north? Yeah, it's compass north. Yeah, it's more. It's, it's a, north. It's, it, it's yeah. yeah. It Something in of, the deep dark ice in the north. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. So like, it seems like some sort of message calling beckoning in that direction. But but I, it did sort of start. It did sort of start. Uh, yeah, back with that coin, I believe. But, but yeah, I, I don't know how to explain it other than, yeah, I, I must have made it must have channeled some sort of communication. That, but uh, I still feel it ever so often, like uh, uh, not as common and often as when I held it. So I'm hoping that this sort of passes uh, with time. It seems to be a little less frequent. Now that I'm not in possession of it, hmm. do you have uh, many fillings in your teeth, Theodore? I'm wondering if you're merely magnetized and the North is pulling you physically. I, I just, yeah. Does it you... seem? Is it? Do you, is there's nothing like a voice attached. There's merely a sensation of just just a sensation. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really picking words up, and it's Would not say... really. It's not. It's not like a communication. There's. There's nothing two ways about this. It just. Just seems like a. Like maybe I should go. But I don't know where. It's. It's very vague. It's very vague. Does anybody recall the the Loigor one of those medallions? And they were connected with some ritual. Does anybody recall what? exactly that ritual was 
that the uh, cultists were doing down there in those god awful No, no, days? no. If you, if if you recall, there was the there was the gentleman who was murdered. Mm-hmm. Who was trying to bring the coins? Wink, wink, Winkleman. Yeah, mm-hmm. Winkleman. Did his diary mention what exactly the coins? I recall they were important to some right, but not exactly what that right was. Do an idea, Ralph. I'll, I'll recall for you. Because I think. Okay. Nineteen is a pass. Hard success. So Winkleman contacted the Loigor in another region, and they gave him the coin to take to these other Loigor. But he ended up getting robbed uh, in the process. But he hid the coin first. Um, So it was something they needed, yes, for some sort of you don't even know what they like, like or look like. They were yeah, he was yeah. he was carrying it for them. But this this figure, this humanoid figure over the mountains, maybe maybe a Can hundred. I roll mythos. Sure. I think as a player, I have yeah. as, as somebody who's in the arcane society and has done research. Uh, no, fifty six is nowhere close. I'm not spending the yeah. luck. Could, could I do a mythos role? Yeah, because this is sort of because from from my because uh, um, so, sometimes it almost seems like uh, like hunting like hunting horns like maybe it's calling to my inner nature as a hunter to hunt up north. I I don't know, but but oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I made my mythos roll. Okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. This is no, I... look at that. <laughs> look at that. That's O two. Are you seeing that? O two. Yes, out of five. Right the next to your knife sharpener. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh you keep thinking the name Ethiqua keeps popping into your mind. Yeah, I mean, so something, some sort of hunting call to the north, but but I don't know really. This I mean, there 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 Ithaca, are Ithaca. there. Now that you say that name, if this is okay, Tom. Um, now now that you say the name, there are some religious cultures that revered a very tall humanoid figure that would wander the polar wastes in the northern mountains or the polar caps of the world and then across the stars even a wandering tall figure that would drive people mad with cold um cannibalism is associated with this figure i I, i'm not having any draws to cannibalism whatsoever but i don't know how it would start i mean this is rather concerning uh, with with such a name and legend associated with it. It would explain, I mean, if this, I guess, from what we've seen so far, there are entities beyond what we knew or know, and they have mysterious influences on reality. If this 
Ithaqua is real. This association with the polar cold could explain your skewed sense of comfortable temperatures where you feel very hot when the rest of us are freezing, for instance. I, I wonder what could this possibly have to do? Is it at all connected with the system? I, I believe that this is something that has befallen you but is tangential. It's unrelated to the simulacrum, perhaps, because I do not believe that this figure has any connection to the skinless one. I believe we're dealing with two separate entities. Well, this you, can, is... you can do another occult roll. Mm -hmm. Occult is 59, which is a pass. Well, the whole thing rings of kind of like a curse. Was there a curse on the coin? And you've inherited the curse. And is there a way to break the curse? Yes, it's seen. Yeah, your your touching of this coin has connected you in some some fashion to this magical being. So, if there is a way to sever the connection, I, I don't know how. I thought it would have gone with the passing of the coin. Huh. But it does seem like it's getting possibly less. But you say that you found me in real cold temperatures. Well, not there's a phased. question that I've been pondering. The Memsahis, Doctor Kurz. Yeah. It does. I mean, it does remarkable effects on physical bodies. I wonder if it cuts through metaphysical. I really don't want that well. knife cutting anything into me. I, I, if, if I'm tainted with this, I don't want any more taint from anything else. I think we should keep that to a bare minimum. For you, oh. Gun... Oh, no, that's right. I don't know. At the very least, Thursby, mm -hmm. given that you might have a propensity for human delicate essence, we'll not be leaving the Memsihis in your capable hands. If somebody yeah. other than myself needs to hold it, it should be not someone who wishes to make cold cuts out of other human beings. I trust. I've, I've never... This is just the story of, uh, what, yeah. Ithaca outside? I don't know, yeah. really. But yeah. yeah. I, now, I will say, Thursby, that if there is a physical component to this curse, and I'm not sure that there is such a thing, the blade might guide me to an understanding of it. Uh, it has... The, the blade embodies a great deal of information about the physical well-being of living creatures. So, if things get worse for you, or you run off in the middle of the night and take off your clothes and disappear in the mountains, then we'll have to consider this as a significant illness. Perhaps, as you hope, it is fading uh, the farther you are from having been the bearer of that object. But I, uh, are... perhaps it says we travel south. Well, we are pretty far south. We are approaching. Uh, Turkey. It's not though as though a compass is has a harder time figuring out where the North Pole is the farther away it moves. True. 
That's Thank true, you. but I believe that, I mean, at the same time, Theodore is also not a magnet. We don't necessarily know how these metaphysical peculiar magics handle or distance. I would like to take the, if if the town of Belkite had a uh, ornamental maze in it, I would be interested to see whether we could spin Thursby around and he would always know which mag magnetic north was. Could come in handy if we were lost in a cave again. <laughs> the Thursby compass. <laughs> but, I mean, currently we all have we all have some form of interaction with these bizarre supernatural devices or things. We've all felt various effects from it. I mean, my leg's always been a little gimpy, so you know I don't think we need to be blaming it on the leg and torso. So well, I'm not, I'm not blaming it on on that. It just, it just seems there's there are subtle things. I'm not accusing anyone of like yeah. we shouldn't trust them, but the, uh, uh, Gunther, uh, you and and Dorian have have shown some unusual fondness at times. Not over the top. I'm not concerned. It's just a little peculiar of uh, of those pieces i i just like it near me because i don't want it to get stolen and you know the nearest place is laying in bed next to me yet we go around all day without being next to them so being in the same room is a heck of a lot closer but that's that's fine i'm just i'm just putting out there that i think we've all been sort of we're all feeling some sort of bizarre effect here yeah one way or the other so um, I guess I think we're all good. Yeah, I just yeah. think we need to keep an eye on it. Like you guys should keep an eye yeah. on me. If advice, like you said, Dr. Kurz, if I'm stripping my clothes off and running north into the woods, you, someone tackle me and, and knock some sense into me. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I wouldn't say, Gunther, that your physical maladies of late are not caused by the simulacrum. I mean, my leg, my right leg specifically, has been bothering me ever since I grabbed that damn leg out of that cave. Mm. Yeah. It's true. Is, isn't this concerning any of the rest of you? Like, it's concerning I me? I, mean, deep, I am deeply concerned. I mean, but that's why we are here to destroy this. Yeah. Yeah. And we should, yeah. we should keep the pieces as much separated as possible. Like no person should be burdened with more than two things. Of course. Yeah. Theodore, I, I will, I have got your back like always. I will keep an eye on you. Anything happens. I'm just thing is about curses. Anyway, they can be broken. So if you are cursed, we can break it somehow. We will yeah. just have to look into it. There's got to be some, Obscure folk tale out there that might help us. Obscure tome, whatever. Well, I think, honestly, one of the best resources that we have access to, well, not at present, but the uh, Widener Library at Miskatonic. Indeed. When we return, if we return, perhaps there is something among there. Armitage's collection that could help us. Yes, indeed. But in the meanwhile, I will keep an eye on you, Theodore. Don't you worry. Maybe this to... 
chain myself to you, Theodore. I will. Yeah. And, and I, you, I, I mean, we will all watch, I think, each other's back. And maybe in these scrolls that are spoken of, there's not just information on how to destroy the pieces, but maybe they might discuss something about how to how to sever the bearer's connection with them somehow. Yeah. Have we thoroughly read one of the scrolls? We have one. Yeah, right? yeah, we read the the scroll of the head. It was a, an insane document to read. Yeah. Yes. Was, was there anything in it that seemed to address the connection of that and the bearer of said piece? Or was it all it, about just destroying it? Well, no, the, the scroll of the head was all about uh, how to torture uh, people in various ways in order to activate. That's right. Yeah. Okay. The yeah. scroll. I am losing my ears, so I'm going to switch to. I don't want to wear the headphones, but I'm going to wear them. Yeah. In a moment. Yeah. Let's see it. Sorry. It's the Orin Library. <laughs> ah the, yes, I was. Widener is at Harvard. Oh yes, we all got it confused. <laughs> I was thinking maybe. I mean, I hate to be one to uh, paint people with a wide brush. I thought maybe the Romani uh, could help with a cursor. In uh, folklore, they've been known to uh, put curses on people. They are the closest to that kind of realm, I guess, in all history. Gypsy curses, as they like to, as a lot of nicknames are. But we we okay. don't want to say that because it is very, yeah, inflammatory. But maybe we should go back to the hotel and uh, get yeah. Theodore out of this cold wind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I don't I'm not sure Theodore finds it all that cold. Yeah. I find it cold then. <laughs> I, I do not. I do not. But I will take your word for it since the four of you find it cold. And since I do occasionally catch myself drifting a little bit with the northern wind, I will take your word for it that that's not normal. And uh, I wonder what it's doing to your. Obviously, you are not feeling the cold, but your body. No, has I, to I, be I think is I think Theodore's feeling. frame of reference towards cold has been altered. That's an interesting I mean, question there, Dabrowski. Maybe we could put some ice on him and see if his skin reacts the way ice would, even if he doesn't have the same yes, sensation. Must, well, you could you could say you're still sitting at the the restaurant having this discussion. Okay. Yeah. That's have some ice. effect on you. So if we get some ice and we put it on Theodore's hand, uh -huh. do you feel it as warm, cold? Does the ice cube melt? He doesn't feel it, and the ice cube doesn't melt, at least not as quickly as you think that it would on a warm hand. But I'm, I, I, I don't, I don't, am I, do I see it is a little off too? I mean, do I need to make a pow check? Like, would I see, see that as a little bit off? What, the ice? Um, yeah, the, the if ice. If you hold it in your hand like this, it's, not melting very quickly. I mean, you you notice that it's a little wet, but you keep opening up your hand, and there's almost no melt to it. And 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 I've hunted before. I've I have plenty of experience with ice and how I react to ice. So 
Yeah, it's I'm cold. I'm seeing this as weird, right? Am yeah, I, I mean, it yeah, feels I like can... a rock in your hand. Yeah, not a, this, not is, a... this is weird. This is this is yeah. Yeah, something does seem off. And also, if any of you manage to touch Theodore, he feels cold. He's cold. That's what I was going to check next. He's yeah. not icy cold, but he's cold. He's not 98.6. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want a thermometer. The hotel must have. They've got a little. <laughs> per se, get. Mm-hmm. Full of delicious natural mercury. I want some delicious natural mercury. I go to concierge and ask for a thermometer. I say, I think I might be a little ill. They uh, they find one for you. And Oral. Yeah, let's hope so. Oral only, thank you. <laughs> Did not know I have to Well, it's not oral, but we've washed it. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, so we'll say that your body temperature, your mouth temperature, is probably around 40 degrees. Oh my God! We're talking. Yeah, this is Fahrenheit here, not Celsius. Yeah, your core temperature, you'd have to use the other kind of thermometer, but it would be about three or four degrees colder. But you're this, not this dead. Is, you don't I'm feel like horrified. Dead. My God! I mean, this is this can't be right. This is a howl. I'll take it again. I'll... You look pink. You look fine. Yeah, look, you're not I'm, pale. I'm, I'm terrified. This, this is like like. My God, what's happening to me? I wonder what it's doing to the inside of your body. Yeah. I, I feel fine, but obviously I'm not. You're not feeling lethargic or anything like when people start nope. turning. I mean, you're past hypothermia. I feel <laughs> top of my game. I'm fine. Yeah. yeah. My oh. only worry is if we break this, I mean, we yeah, somehow he, break he the should, curse. According to the thermometer, uh, Theodore is a dead man, I believe. Yes. Yeah, this this is terrifying. And Walking okay, so dead. can I look in the mirror like and, and a light flash in my eye? Does my pupil dilate or you look perfectly fine? You feel perfectly fine. Huh. I have some questions about your intestinal flora and how they persist in such an a negative environment. But uh if you're if you feel I think that what we've learned is that uh it is more impar- imperative to break this curse than we realized. This will ruin yeah. your romantic opportunities, after all. Very difficult yeah. for a young lady to cuddle with a man who feels a temperature of a cinder block. Yeah, but he might last 150 years because he's naturally refrigerated. <laughs> I wonder what uh, your bodily... Uh, it sounds. I, I whisper it because we're in a restaurant. I wonder what your bodily fluids are like, Theodore, because you're I... ice cold. And I know Roland brought it up, but that could also be a test as to maybe when you have a uh, go to the toilet, you can. Check well, I mean, I would have noticed though recently, the last few days, right? I've just if everything seems fine. Right? Forty degrees is not that cold. Yeah, it's not freezing. It's refrigerator yeah, temperature. Thirty-two. That's- yeah, yeah, but he's when not, he, he's not peeing icicles, <laughs> no, no, but when it is below half of what it's supposed to be, that's a little convenient. Yeah. It's very good. It's you, relatively extremely cold. 
Yeah. When when the hunter pauses in the forest in the cool of night and urinates against the trees, there ought to be a little bit of steam coming out. And yeah. I th- don't think you're going to get any steam out of those bee at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, 40 degrees is 4.4 degrees Celsius. Just... Yeah. 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 It'd be great. Uh, I mean, in fact, I won't I won't have a breath in the in the snow, so that would be great for hunting. My position wouldn't be given away. Yeah, that's true. But this is actually cooler than the ambient temperature of the room. So you are not merely not generating body heat, but you are actually chilling the room around you. Chilling the room around me. Yeah, this is this is quite terrifying. This is. Should I take a sanity check by any chance? You can sure. Yeah. My my (laughs) only big worry is if break this curse, what will happen? Because surely. If we somehow broke this course, surely something, everything that has been affecting you would just crash against you at once. You could end up really ill. Well, I hope, I would hope that the removal of the curse would restore Theodore to normal. Hypothalamus would restore his temperature to normal. Maybe. Might pass out first. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm, well, I'm, I feel fine. I'm so far. I haven't tried to uh, eat any of you, so that's a good sign. Um, Hang on, let me just put my ha- finger in front of you, my hand. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I, 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 Theodore, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about that too much. It's the want a popsicle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. If I wake no. up in the morning, you are not you are not starving alone in the very far north. Yeah, you know, if any any connection with cannibalism, I'm sure is from yeah, that I dire can... situation than sitting comfortably here in this hotel restaurant wherever we are. Well, let Let's maybe move on with the task at hand and just keep an eye on me and we'll keep an eye on one another so yeah. you all retired to your rooms um and i think you know you guys deserve a little bit back because you really didn't do anything today but entertain yourselves and scare yourselves um so you know like take take a point of sanity back and uh if you've got any health issues you know you can you can roll for you know a couple of well what one hit point back if you've lost any hit points recently mm-hmm. um however those of you who are still attached to the simulacrum you you're a little achy in whatever body part mm. that is um but theodore do um uh, do a luck roll 53 and that is a definite pass. Okay. I actually meant a willpower roll, but that's still a pass. Oh, okay. Willpower? Um, is a 53 pass your willpower? A 53 pass is my pow, but should I roll again? Because, no, no. Because, um, so you have vague, disturbing dreams now that you're thinking a lot about this ice and snow. And uh, you almost call it a blue dream. Um, everything is kind of blue. Uh, there are pine forests. There is snow everywhere. 
and off in the distance, you can hear what sounds like an ongoing hunt. You can hear horns, but they're not like da 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 da. You know, they're. It sounds like some ancient Norse horn being blown and the barking of dogs or wolves. Oh yeah, quite something. That's that's the good way to hunt. You know, none of that. But it it's it's a little terrifying considering what you've been thinking about, but maybe not un, unusual that you've been thinking about it. So we'll move ahead a little. You wake up in the morning, you have breakfast. Um, a couple of you go over to the uh, treasury department uh, and not a problem. You've got your forms. Uh, they've been signed and stamped and approved. And uh, you're just, you're on your way back to the museum. Excellent. We did it. Yeah. Uh, so you arrive back, you know where his office is, and, and you go, and uh, uh, that uh, the statue that he was working on, the Sabine uh, Venus, uh, he's still working on it. He's just on another part of it, uh, and he's cleaning it, and he sees you've come back. Oh, you've you've come back. Uh, did you uh, did you manage to get uh, secure? I wasn't sure whether you were just, um, you know, uh, phonies. But mm. if you've got your paperwork in line, yes, uh, then I think you are who you think that you are. Oh, good. So after he takes a few more minutes to finish up what he was doing, he sits down with you, and he says, "So." This this area is very large, and the Romans occupied, and there were people here before, and various uh, sculptures and things like that are all hidden throughout the you know landscape. People uh, work the fields, people chop down parts of the forest, and they find these things. So currently, my supplier. Uh, he he lives in a village. Uh, he is an Orthodox priest, uh, and his name is his name is. I should have had it written. Uh, uh, Father Filopovich, uh, Father Vladim Filopovich, um, and he lives in a village named Orashach. O R A. It's it's an S A C, but it's an S with a little thing over the top, so it's Orishach, um, which is a rather famous place. Uh, it's uh, it's where the revolution began against the the uh, Muslims invasion, um, oh. where the Ottomans were were first rebelled against. Mm -hmm. um, now. I don't think that Father Filopovich is the source. I, I, he's the supplier. Uh, I went to college. I went to university with him. Uh, I was the best man at his wedding when he was married. And uh, he took this position because they needed a priest. Um, it was actually his wife uh, wanted to move close to where her family lived. Uh, which she lives 
nearer to Orishach than any place else. It's not a large village, um, but it's a famous one. Uh, it is. It has about 800 people. Uh, and it is how many miles? It's quite a few miles. You see that? Uh, you'll have to take a train, uh, and the, you'll have to take a couple of trains. Uh, you'll have to take a train to uh, a larger town called uh, uh, Mladenovac. Uh, and then from there, you'll have to take a smaller gauge train to uh, Arandrelovac. And uh, from there, you'll have to get a ride or walk to Orishach. It's quite a ways out there in the, in the countryside. Um, but uh, I can uh, I can send a message. I'm not sure whether you'll get there first or the message will, but he know I, we're, we're very good friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can uh, speak to him, tell him while you're there, and uh, perhaps he can put you in touch with his source, or he could maybe procure whatever you're looking for. Uh, but he has produced, and he begins to walk you around the museum. He has sent us these pieces, uh, some of the finest pieces that we have. Um, there is stuff from uh, the Roman period and the pre-Roman period, uh, and some of our, our finest pieces. Uh, I'm told that his source is an expert in such things, uh, highly educated but he hasn't told me anything more than that. Ah. So his source might want to remain somewhat anonymous. Um, but uh, here's you know where to go, how to get there, and so forth. It, it'll take you a while to get there. And you uh, would be so kind as to send a good father a telegram to expect us? I, I don't know that they have a telegraph office in Orishach. Mm. Um, mm. I'll have to look into that, but uh, uh, even 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 without the message, I, I can write you uh, Yeah, yeah. recommendation. Just write, yeah. It, that'd be probably the best. So he writes you, in fact, a letter of introduction and why you're there, and uh, that your paperwork is in order if you choose to bring anything back with you. Mm-hmm. And that's the info that he gives you. Do we wish to spend a couple of hours looking at the storage behind the museum to see perhaps there are crates saying limbs, heads? Uh, or do we want to make travel arrangements right away because we feel certain that the museum has not intake has not had an intake for this artifact because he would have seen it. I mean, I could go make the travel arrangements for us without, we don't need all five of us to go to the train station. Maybe uh, I'd like someone else to come with me. I yeah. Traveling alone is never the best option. But... I'll be more than happy to go with you, Kenzie. Okay. And if, um, if Dushan is still hanging around, 
whether you want him to be or not, uh, he can, of course, he knows exactly what to do to get you tickets and and so forth. Oh, so yeah, we it, should pay him a retainer to keep him around, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's always around. <laughs> That's but, right. Yeah, he appreciates your, your money. You guys are paying him probably better than he normally gets. The question is whether we should take him actually to the small village with us also, where communication might be more difficult. I, well, that is my, well, that might ease communications. I fear as though we have had to flee from danger him. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. if you if you ask him, he's like, no, no, no. I'm a city boy. I'm not a yeah, good. I'm not a country boy. Thank you. It's too bad. Uh, it takes four hours. Um, it's it's a four hour trip to uh, what a word, Mladenovac. Um and then it's probably another few hours to Andreyelovac uh, and Koplayare, and then ways to Orishech. Mm, so it's so going we'll to be a day's travel yeah we'll want to book it for uh leaving in the morning then obviously yeah this is the morning you guys have yeah but i doubt we yeah. could get could get a train ticket all the way i have a feeling that we can <laughs> i mean if we can <laughs> you want to spend another whole night here yeah. um but whether you do that or not I mean, you just keep track of that if that's what you want to do wait until the morning um what you do find out in the process is that it's it's a regular gauge rail to Miladenovac, uh, but then it's a small gauge trail, a small gauge train uh, to Andreyelovac, mm-hmm. uh, which is usually a lot slower. So, yeah. Um, and these are trains. These aren't. They're passenger trains, but these are passenger trains for workers, for people who yeah. go back and forth between the city and the, the smaller city. You know, also, I wouldn't be surprised if there weren't uh, farmers with boxes of chickens and uh, various other sort of laborers taking the trip back and forth. So yeah. you get your che- you get your tickets and uh, you get. Uh, uh, you get your, uh, you say goodbye to uh, Dushan. And um, yeah, it's 40 miles. Here it is. Uh, so, Mladenovac uh, uh, yeah. uh, is a very busy factory town. Uh, so, there's a lot of passengers uh, that are traveling there. Um, and uh, it's a fairly it's a fairly interesting you know drive it's pretty countryside lots of uh lots of hills lots of farms lots of woods um very pretty uh, uh it has only one class there's not like a first class or second class it's just everybody gets on right. um uh you you get on the train and uh you can see that there are in fact farmers there are people with uh, uh, animals and uh, stuff that they're taking home. Uh, 
everything there's even like some furniture in the back that's been uh, placed there and i would like you all well yeah. uh what ends up happening which is very interesting is um the people the people are very friendly and they're kind and uh some of them pull out musical instruments and they start to play and uh uh, they pass around food when people are hungry. But when you first get on the train, uh, you they're just seat anywhere. You guys work your way in. And uh, Gunter gets a seat. Theodore gets a seat. And Roland gets a seat. And Dr. Neruda gets a seat. But Dorian, as you go to get that empty seat that's right there, as you go up there... <laughs> There is a <laughs> black chicken sitting in the seat, and it gives you the evil eye. It's just like as you get to the seat. I, I'm probably going to sound even weird to anyone. Any, what are you doing here? Yeah, people start to laugh, um, but the the chicken looks like it's. You're crazy if I'm giving up my seat for you. <laughs> What are you doing? I'm going crazy. What are you doing? Get out, shoo. You try to shoo it and do a um uh just just roll a luck roll. Yes, my it's... wonderful luck for Good on lucky Debraski. My yeah. wonderful 29 luck, let's see. Oh jeez. 44 out of 29 is a... So as you, you sort of shoo, shoo, it, it gives you a, a dirty look and it pecks your hand and it pecks it pretty hard. So you get you get a little blood, you know, where it pecks you. And once again, the, the crowd on the, 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 the train sort of laughs a little. Uh, they're thinking City Boy doesn't know how to pick up a chicken. <laughs> but... One of them rather uh, rather aggressively reaches over the seat and just pushes the chicken out of the seat and goes like that for you to sit down. The chicken's very upset. And you realize that if you don't sit down quickly, the chicken's just going to hop back up and try to well, take the spot. There's a part of me that kind of wants to, uh, in my brain, as I was, obviously this is within milliseconds, in my brain I was swearing at it, in, well I probably swore it in Polish out in the open before all of that, but there's a part of me that wants it to just sit there because I feel like I am... <laughs> It's a four-hour train so. trip. <laughs> I know. He's going to sit down, but he just... Yeah. There's a part of him that uh, is like, um, I, have I given myself even more bad luck if I by doing this. And I sit down and I hard stare the, the hen. I hard yeah. Stare. It's, it keeps giving you the dirty eye. What is so you you arrive then at Meledonovac. Meledon no, yeah. uh, and you have to switch trains. Uh, so you switch to the small gauge train uh, and once again, there's still a lot of people on board that train uh, that are now going south, uh, south and west. Um, you're on that train, uh, people, the same. They're very friendly, very friendly people. If they think that you're hungry, they're handing you food and 
uh, you're tasting a lot of the, the literally the local cuisine, and it's all very good. Uh, there's also a lot of drinking going on. So the uh, the various alcohols are being passed around as well. A uh, few people try to talk to you, but they realize you don't speak Serbian. Um, so I they're to speak a Polish. <laughs> yeah, someone speaks it. We'll say, well, no, let me do a luck roll. Uh, yeah, um, we'll say that there's somebody who knows some broken Polish uh, to converse with. Uh, did, oh. did the hen follow me? Or... No, no. Okay, you lost track of the hen. What uh, you said? Where are you from? Where am I from? I am from a uh, Krakow in Poland. Oh, from Krakow. Yeah. Uh, where? Where you all look like you are businessmen or? Sorry, I... we are academics. I am actually from Klodzko, Poland. I got my own place mixed up. Well, you know, but, but but why are are you out in the countryside? That's, what's out here? There's nothing. Uh, we are, we are academics. We are doing research in this part of the world. You are part of Europe. Yes. So he goes on. It's, it's another hour and a half. Um, he gives you a lot of information. This is stuff that. You might have gotten in the library, but okay. these people are very proud of the area. So uh, uh, you tell him that you're heading for Orishach and that you're an archaeologist. So um, he gives you this information. Let, let, let's he, have a look. He's telling you this, but I'll have you yes. read it anyway. I will read it. Uh, let me just move that out of my screen. Uh, Orishach. Uh, the village is named after a long, vanished grove of walnut trees that stood near the present graveyard. Here began the successful rebellion of the loyal Serbians against their Ottoman occupiers last century. Orishach numbers around 1,600 people, about 800 of whom live in the village. The remainder live on surrounding farms. The village proper consists of a around a hundred houses clustered around the church and community hall. The market town of An Arangelovac is almost four miles away. Due to the state of the roads, people here consider that a long journey. The surrounding area is hilly, rising to mountainous in the north and southwest. Uh, Mount Kozmaj is to the north, the rounded twin humps of Mount Venchak, Light to south, and the evergreen clad Mount uh, Bukalaya lies southwest. I probably butchered those names, it's okay. Of the village, further south, uh, Mount Rudnik nears 4,000 feet, the highest peak close by. Yeah. What else? What else are you and he about? tells you, well, their most famous thing, the rebellion, uh, he tells you all about that. Oh, what a kind sir. You are so kind. History of the 1801 Rebellion. In 1801, a group of Janissaries who called themselves the Dahyas killed the Ottoman vizier Hadza Mustafa, a man sympathetic to his Serbian subjects, and formed a junta to rule Serbia themselves. 
Under the harsh rule, taxes were increased, land seized, and forced labor introduced. Before long, Serb leaders began meeting to discuss revolt against the new regime. When Adahias discovered that this was going on, they captured and killed many of the Neves. Neves uh, this brutal action on February 4, 1804, fanned the embers of revolution. Both the Serb people and their leaders realized that they had nothing to lose. Ten days later, many Serbs gathered in the small village, village of Orasac and decided to act. Karyar Petrovic was elected leader of the uprising, which started immediately. That afternoon, a Turkish caravansary in Orasac was burned. Its occupants fled, all were killed. Similar actions were undertaken in the surrounding villages, and with growing success, spread further field. On March 11, 1804, rebels captured Rudnik, and then in great succession, Valhevo, uh, Pozerovac, and started the siege of Belgrade, which was to last for two whole years. So you get all of that, pretty much, from uh, from your conversations on the train. Wow, very, very interesting. Very interesting. It is good to know. Thank you. And... At that point, you uh, you arrive at a very small station uh, that's labeled Copliari, um, and uh, you are told through the the people there that if you want to go to Orishach, you have to get out here. Um, a lot of the uh, not a lot, but some of the farmers eating off. Some of the people are are you know packing their stuff but after a few minutes you realize that none of them are heading towards orishach uh they tell you it's about three miles uh and there's a rudimentary sort of you know dirt rut road going in that direction um what do you want to do Dorian, uh, do you can you uh, ask your friend who has a little Polish if there's someone uh, who uh, rents uh, has a wagon and does local taxi service of some kind? It feels like a very long walk, or even a, or even horse horses. Well, the only thing here is the train station. Uh, however. Uh, some of them have obviously got family that have come here on carts, which they're loading up with uh, the stuff that they had on the train. Um, if you want to, uh, if you want to talk to somebody and ask if you can get a ride, uh, you can do a persuade roll. I can do that, of course. However, you will need a hard to pass. Uh... Let's see. Uh, 32 is uh, just a like yours, so it's not a hard. I'm not very persuasive today. Yeah. N none of the people that might be willing are speaking Polish. They're they're all Serb-Croatian. So you're kind of pantomiming it, and most of them are just like, you know, no. Yeah. Not going in that direction. But obviously they wouldn't understand. How does the road towards, uh, I assume there's a wooden sign with some names pointing on yeah. this path? Yeah. Uh, the road to Orasach, Orasach is uh, rough. Is it is it fairly flat or is it very hilly? 
it's fairly flat, but there, you know, there's some rolling hills. We are in the European countryside. It might be a little, especially walking it. I am used to this kind of terrain. There's definitely a road, but it's it's not paved. Mm. And how uh, the train is roughly the journey is roughly four hours, but we began maybe ten o'clock. So we ate on the train, so we still have hours of daylight, even though it's January. It was it was four hours to Mladenovac, and then it was an hour and a half to this stop. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's the earliest. It's maybe three thirty in the afternoon. Yeah. So and dusk is probably at this time of year. I mean, we're fairly far south. Still probably six. Yeah. So you got three hours or so. Yeah. Three miles. It can uh, be done. Yeah. Mm. We didn't bring any of the heavy things. We left them in the hotel. We just have warm clothing for all my of us only, except Thursby. My only concern is the people who are having issues. Like I, obviously, I have issues, but obviously, ones with the legs. Mm-hmm. It might. Uh, Make it worse if we, uh, yeah, I'll be happy to carry things for those who are having difficulty with their legs. Maybe we can fashion a walking stick of some just to like, yeah. if you feel a bit wobbly, you can get it in the yeah. ground and keep yourself safe. so far. Nothing extra in particular, but yeah, you're you're a long way now from your uh objects. Mm. Um, the weather in Belgrade was pleasant. Is it uh, chilly? Yes. Or it's oh, right? it's fairly it's fairly pleasant. Um, there's also um, a spring thaw, so you can see that although a lot of the you know orchards with fruit trees and things like that are are you know just barely starting to put out leaves, there's there's flowers and it's actually quite lovely. It's like uh, you know this is this is real country out there. So you start to walk, and um, we'll say, um, what what do you think it would take to walk three miles? Um, a couple uh, of hours? Yeah, I mean, you know, people can walk about two miles an hour pretty sustained. So I'm out of shape. Gunther's pretty out of shape, so maybe a little bit slower than that. Yeah, if right. this is on a road, then yeah. Yeah. It's not a really, I mean, it's flat, but there's ruts and there's, you know, rocks and gravel and, but, yeah. but it's better than, uh, it's better than just walking through the forest. Yeah. yeah. It's not rough terrain. Climbing. So as you, as you crest, it's been about an hour and a half as you crest the top of a, a hill, a little hill. Uh, you look down and you can see the village in the distance. Uh, looks like it's just, you know, half a mile on. And uh, before you get to the village, uh, you're passing farms. And uh, a couple of people notice you as they uh, are uh, at the farms. And uh, a man... Uh, and his wife, they come rather briskly out towards where you are, uh, saying stuff in Serbian. Um, but they seem delighted that strangers uh, have shown up 
Um, and because they immediately realize they can't really talk to you, uh, they just sort of walk with you towards the village. And one by one or two by two, other people uh, nearby see the procession and to begin to, to join. Um, some of them seem to be asking you questions, but you're not understanding what they're saying. Um, you want to see something? Sorry. Yeah, I was going to just say, uh, Father Ladin Filopovich? Father Filopovich, yeah. Uh, yeah. Papa, Papa Filo, uh no, what would they call him? Uh, uh, Batyushka, Batyushka. Batyushka, yes, yes, yes. Uh, want to see him. Yeah, so as you approach the village, a couple of them have run ahead. Mm-hmm. And um, you see this beautiful little Orthodox church, the dome with the little onion domes on the top of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, coming from a next next to it is a house, a very nice looking two story house, uh, fairly large. Uh, you see a man dressed all in black with a little hat on his head uh, and their robes. Uh, he comes out uh, along with a woman next to him. Uh, he looks like he's maybe, oh, in his 40s or maybe early 50s. Um, she looks quite a bit younger, like um, like in her 30s. Uh, she's dressed in traditional clothing. And as they're coming out, all of a sudden you see another man uh, who's dressed far more like a villager, uh, but he sort of joins them. And they come forward towards you. A lot of people are joining because they want to see who these people are. Uh, Father Filopovich, uh, uh, Father Vladin, uh, he comes forward and he says, he says, welcome, welcome. Uh, uh, do you speak Serbian? Uh, do you speak uh, German, English? Uh, G- G- German and English. Ah. Deutsch and English. Uh, he says something in German. He says, perhaps I'll use English because most of you then can understand. This is I am Father Filopovich, Father Father Vladim. Uh, the locals, they call me Batyushka. And this is my wife. Uh, her name is uh, Anna, Anna Filopovich. And uh, everyone calls her Matyushka. So Batyushka, Matyushka. It is our tradition. Uh and this this here this is um this is Todor Nedic, our uh mayor. Oh. And he's like, welcome, welcome. Oh, he says, thank you. Now what makes such distinguished gentlemen uh coming to our little village? Uh we were uh s- sent to you by the um Museum. Your name was passed us by Doctor Todorovich. Todorovich. Oh, and he says Milovan. Yes, of course. He's my. He's one of my best friends. Yes, we have a letter of recommendation. Oh, introduction. He he takes it from you, and he 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 doesn't hardly read it. He's just like you know. If you know him, you you're friends automatically with me. Welcome, welcome to our village. Ah, and. uh, 
he says, uh, he says, you, you walked all the way from the train station. I pat my belly as like going, uh, trying to lose some weight. You're hungry. Of course. Oh, we'll, yes. No, you, you must, you must join us. Um, we will, we will find places for you to stay in the village. Um, oh. uh, you are, uh, uh, and, and a total, uh, uh, the, the mayor, he's like, well, you know, they can, they can, most of them, I could t- take maybe three of them at my house. And, uh, He says, you know, there are only 12 people in my house. There's always room for more. Uh, uh, and uh, Father Vladim says, and, and then I can take two. I can take the other two. Uh, but uh, please, you know, uh, he says, uh, let, let us talk. Uh, he says, I'll take you to the uh, uh, the place the place where I live. Hmm. So very kind. So what uh, what what has brought you here? We're we are engaged in some obscure uh, research into an obscure uh, religious uh, sect that um, we believe has its origins in what is now uh, Turkey and the Ottoman Empire. Um, the, the, like very the, very ancient. The Romani. No, no. This is this is a far non-Abrahamic ancient religious group, and oh. we are looking for research into into them and a particular uh, religious artifact of theirs that was broken apart during uh, the French Revolution, and uh, we believe. Um, scattered by napoleon's forces throughout europe what what sort of artifact uh, uh, uh it's it's pecu- it's a statue um, oh oh well that's why uh Milovan sent you uh yes we have uh uh there have been many beautiful discoveries uh the uh the countryside is littered with them um but he sent you to me i mean i have a few pieces that are in the process of being packaged up to send uh back to belgrade uh but uh i might know who you would want to talk to then if that's what you're looking for Uh, have you have you observed these objects and pieces for yourself Oh yeah, uh, um, uh, she sends me quite a few little things. It's the way she's making her money. Who is uh, this? Uh, well, her name is Zora Zhivanovich, uh, but everyone calls her uh, Grandma uh, uh, Baba Zora. Uh, she lives. Uh, she lives out in the woods, about a mile from here. A uh, highly educated woman. Uh, she went to uh, the university in France, uh, the Sorbonne. Uh, mm-hmm. She studied uh, archaeology, I believe, and a number of things. She speaks multiple languages. Um, 
but and she she traveled the world, so she said she's been many places. Uh, but in her uh, as she in her old age, she must be in her mid eighties. Uh, she has chosen to uh, to live back in the woods uh, from her where her ancestors lived, and uh, uh, she occasionally comes into Orashach. Um, she's chosen an odd place to live. It's uh, out in the woods. Uh, she has a cottage out there, uh, but she uh, she's a, a wonderful woman. Yeah, well, I can see if uh, this is beautiful countryside that you have here. The air yeah. is very, very clean. The, the people seem exceptionally warm and human. Uh, and if she is still finding things that she uh, finds of interest and can pass on to you, then she has not chosen so strange a place in the country. No. I like the, she likes to wander in the woods a great deal. And uh, she finds things. I mean, we do too. Uh, you know, plow the farmers. They plow the fields. They uh, they occasionally just dig things up that are out in the fields. They think they're rocks at first, and then they realize, oh my God, it's a human head. But ah. it's a beautiful, uh, you know, statue or something. Well, the museum is magnificent. We admire it very much. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, Milvan has told me that. Uh, that I have uh, sent him some really good stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, so at this point, you're kind of sitting in the front room. Mm -hmm. um, uh, his wife, Anna, she doesn't speak any English, uh, but she um, is taking care of you. She is making sure you have coffee, uh, that you have cookies, that everything is placed out. Uh, she has always a big smile. She's a little plump. Um, go ahead and do some spot a spot hidden for me. Spot hidden. Oh, zero four. 46 is a regular success. A regular only. Well, zero four is an extreme. Yeah. So those of you who passed regular... You do notice something. The house, of course, has a very country feel. Uh, it's um, it's got a feminine touch. So uh, Anna uh, probably does the decorating. You do notice that the room has uh, what they would call an icon corner. Uh, it's in the uh, north uh, northwest corner of the room. It's kind of up high, but there are icons of Jesus and the Virgin Mary, and there's a little little red votive candle that's burning there. There's a mantle. That, it's a very nice house. Um, from what you could sort of see on the outside, probably one of the nicer ones in the village. Uh, it's a fairly large house, but you don't see any evidence of children at all. Um, which puts you in that kind of mood that it's kind of sad that they don't have kids. Yeah, um, he, married, he married younger. Uh, as we approached the village and uh, people were gathering around us to go down the Yellow Brick Road, were they men, women, and children? Yes, men, women, and children. Um, Gunter, what you notice uh, on the mantelpiece, there is a fairly large... Uh, 
photograph uh, in, in a frame, and it's of a much younger Father Vadim, Vladim and uh, his wife, Anna, and standing next to them is a much younger um, uh, Milovan Todorovic. Uh, you can see that it's their wedding, uh, that uh, that he's standing there as uh, as the best man at the wedding. Uh-huh. Uh, but you got a really good role. Yeah. Anna Filopovich doesn't look much different than she looked in the painting in the in the in the photograph right. um father father vladim and milovan uh, the dr Tarodovich, they've gotten older you know hmm. uh but his wife looks pretty good she's quite quite a beautiful woman you would say yeah. um I, uh, yeah, while you're making small talk, I'll just, uh, ask, you know, uh, be like, uh, how long have you been, been, been married, father? Oh, I, we were married about 20 years ago. 20 and, years uh, ago? Oh. Yes. And, uh, and, uh, the position opened up here at the, for this parish, uh, which my wife wanted me to take because, uh, her, uh, family, most of her family lives in that other place. Um, oh. uh, Arian Dielovac. Uh, mm. uh, so it's a small uh, trip when she wants, but she wanted a place to uh, to visit her her family. Um, we, you know, have them as guests once in a while. It's uh, uh, she's a country girl, and I'm a city boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> And the uh, wom- woman wins out, and and oh, when it comes to a place to live, I understand. I understand. Oh yes, I love her so much. She is a wonderful wife. Uh, yeah. She takes very good care of me. I mean, makes very she's, excellent she's, coffee. Yeah, she's a be- beautiful woman too. You know, uh, she must really take take care of herself. She she looks so much younger than you. Why, yes, uh, I think she looks more beautiful every year. Oh, yeah. That is a, a wonderful sentiment. We should all be so so lucky. Yes, God has truly blessed us. Now, uh, I, you you couldn't possibly go and see Grandma already this, this afternoon. It's, still, it's much too late. Uh, you haven't eaten. You've walked three miles, uh, uh, and we need to to split you up. So um, two of you can stay here with me, and the rest can go with uh, uh, our good mayor, Todor Medic. Yeah, do you want to stay with the gentleman and you? Certainly. And I think it might be pointed out that Todor is probably Theodore uh, in Serbian, so... He shares a name with you. Nice. Excellent. Odar. Theodore, yes. Odar. Odar. Hodor? No, not Hodor. Todor. T-O-D-O-R. Todor, yeah. So, Todor says, there's going to be a celebration tonight if you want to join us. Now, when he says that, Anna immediately sort of says, 
she says something to the priest, and he's like, yeah, it's, it's nothing. Just stop. Uh, my wife doesn't approve of this. They, the oh. Chigani are, um, they have a, a yearly sort of, uh, for lack of better words, a, a ritual that they like to do. Now, I personally don't approve of these pagan things, but I am a man of tolerance, and I think that it is very good that, you know, these are harmless, nonsensical sort of traditions that they do, but they will be coming into the village, and uh, you'll see one of the village's oldest traditions. Uh, But uh, you might be a bit uh, shocked. Oh, I think on the contrary, our timing is very fortunate. We have... uh, Mr. Neruda here studies uh, religious practices and ah. ethnic behavior, so the time is perfect. Well, then you will enjoy it. Uh, is there whether... some way, I'm sure you, you will insist on a great deal of hospitality. Is there perhaps something like a, a wine cellar in towns? So we can purchase something to... Uh, oh, no, 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 your, your guests, your, your, your guests. Uh, everything will be provided for you, of course. Oh, wow. Or too kind. Well, then we shall begin uh, getting ready for uh, the evening meal. And uh, if uh, who would like to stay here? And who would like to go with Todor? Me and Theodore will stay here. Yeah, we'll stay together. Uh, Dorian and Theodore. And the mayor, we think, speaks only Serbian, yeah? No, he speaks English as well. Oh, very nice. It's a little yeah. more broken, but yeah. Here it's a capital of rebellions. They are very civilized, very worldly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do All you right. think, Father, that uh, Baba Zora will come in for the festivities? Oh, no, I don't think so. Um, she's too old. Uh, but you will get probably to meet some of the more interesting members of the uh, of the Chigani. Um, and once again, all of this has made Anna um, she's not less hospitable, but she definitely doesn't like the Chigani. Uh, she's you you're getting uh, you're getting vibes from her because she'll say something when when the priest says something she'll say something and it sounds if I, if you can interpret just the feeling and it's like you shouldn't associate with those people you should you should warn them not to not to be with those those people um they should come and be in the church with me and say our prayers and stay away from those crazy thieving, nasty Chigani, you know? And and he's mm-hmm. just like, woman, shut up. You're being very naughty, very intolerant of other people's practices. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, and he's dismissing uh, what she's saying. It's just inhospitable. Uh, and she'll immediately turn back to you and be very hospitable. And <laughs> but you're getting that dynamic that she doesn't approve of these pagan traditions. Oh wow, I agree with her. 
so the two of you split up and um and uh theodore and uh dorian uh uh, you are treated to a very delicious meal. Um, there's prayers said, of course, before and after the meal, uh, all in Serbian. Uh, the priest blesses the food. And uh, you have uh, a, a little bit of a conversation. Um, we can come back to that conversation. Uh, so Gunter and Roland and Gabriel... Uh, you head over to another house in town. It's not quite as fine as the priest's house, but it's a big house. And uh, as you approach the door, um, it's almost as if there are people everywhere. And uh, Todor you know, throws open his hands like this and hugs one child and hugs another child. And uh, invites you into his home. And he then says, let me introduce you to my family. So this is my beautiful wife, uh, Ilianetic. Mm. Uh, this, is my, this is my father, uh, Stepan, Stepanetic. Uh, this is my mother, Theodosia Netic. This is uh, my wife's father, uh, Radoslav uh, Kaysen. This is his wife's mother, uh, Dushana Kaysen. Uh, this is my firstborn son, Simo. Uh, this is his wife, Draga. Oh. This is uh, my second son, Radmilo. This is his wife, Ivanka. And these are my grandchildren, Daria, Agnia, uh, Miroslav, Zlenko, Mila, Nikia and Spiridon. So a full house of people. Wow. And he says, when you have a large family and a large household, there's always an extra place to stay. So we will figure that out after the meal. You are very blessed, Mr. Nurek, uh, and we are grateful for your hospitalities. Oh, it's, it's our pleasure. We so few, so, so, so few times get people visiting. Um, now, one thing that you notice um, is that there are a lot of knickknacks here and there. Some of them look uh, old. Some of them have that kind of brownish hue, like maybe they were buried and then dug up. There's little pieces of pottery, little uh, little bits of uh, statuary even in the windows. There's all kinds of things. And he explains, um, we sometimes dig these up, you know, in the, in the fields. Uh, they're all over the place. Uh, and he shows you some of the more interesting pieces. There is a head, a little one, of... Uh, it looks like maybe a god, you know, like a, a Apollo or something like that. There's a pretty little bone flute uh, that looks like it was carved out of bone. Uh, it's still in fairly good tact. It, it's got kind of animal uh, drawings around it. Um, and there are various things that look like they might have been beads or parts of necklaces. Um, 
bits of gold that that look like they were once rings, but they've been damaged and broken. And he's just got lots, lots of these. Wow. Hmm. And you, you have, also have yeah. an extremely good meal. Oh, it's wonderful. More family uh, style. Are the women uh look younger than the their respective husbands? Not by... necessarily. Okay. All right. Um in comparing in comparing them to uh Anna, um they're a little plainer. Yeah. Do you have any daughters? He doesn't have any daughters, but he has you know daughter in laws. Okay. All right. well. Yeah, you want the list? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had to walk three miles back to the train station after Gunter said something <laughs> untoward. Yeah, so uh, uh Mr. Mayor, um, the celebration that is happening tonight, it happens just once a year, and we are so lucky as to come across it? Oh, yeah, we have a lot of celebrations, uh, mostly church celebrations about once a month. But, uh, uh, yeah, the, the, the Chigani, they also have their their little rituals. This is uh, Father, Father, uh, Father Vladim, he's... He's doesn't really. I wouldn't say he approves, but at the same time, he doesn't see any reason to interfere. Uh, we have had fairly good relations with the Romani. Uh, they have kind of settled. There is a settlement, if you will. Uh, they're usually a nomadic people, but in this yeah. case. They found the area hospitable. They it's about a you know, mile or so from here. Uh, they're they're farming there, or how do they support themselves? Um, I don't really know how they farm. They they support themselves, but mm. uh, uh, they do. Uh, they probably do some farming uh, in their yeah. own way. Um, their elder is uh, Marco Markovic. Uh, he is in his early 60s, and their most esteemed member of their group is Lumanista um, uh, Venklovich. Uh, she is the wise woman, or so they call her. Uh, she is 71, and it is she who will be conducting the little ritual. It's a very strange little ritual, but uh, you might be you might be a bit shocked. Uh I, I don't mean that uh, you'll be upset. You'll just, you'll see. It, it'll be more fun for you to see it than to me to explain it. I, I'm sure it will be fascinating. Uh, again, my friend, Dr. Neruda, is, uh, studies these things professionally. Just tell me that the ritual does not involve a black hen. Our friend black has hen. an anxiety about black chickens. No, no, there's no chicken involved, no. Oh, good. Is it uh, is it a lunar affair? What do you know? What the schedule is that it happens today? I I do believe it has something to do with the the moon. Um, I don't know. I don't really know how they calculate the date. I don't think it's always on the same day, but uh, they do calculate it in a certain manner. Um, they seem to be a bit uh, secretive about. 
demeaning, or maybe they just don't know anymore. It may be lost. Uh, sometimes traditions just, you know, get forgotten along the way. It does seem a bit like a fertility ritual. Mm. But uh, yeah, this is the season after all. I see the little green buds on some trees. Yeah, in the springtime. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, people looking for cycles of renewal, the coming of spring, inviting, yeah. inviting, welcoming spring in as winter starts to abate that's that's very very common i mean christianity has its own participation within that very old tradition so you have a wonderful dinner it's quite um peaceful at the priest's house the dinner and it's quite boisterous and a bit noisy at the mayor's house, but they all seem to be very nice, wholesome, friendly people. Nice. So after dinner, um, the priest has a bit of an argument, it would seem, with his wife, who uh, makes it clear that she doesn't want these Chigani coming to her door. So she tells the priest, you know, you're going to have to make it clear that we don't want their their pagan evil magic around our house. And he says, Yes, yes, yes. They know that that they're supposed to stay away from here because I'm a priest and I can't participate in these pagan things. But uh yes, they they know. Um so it's after dinner. Uh, those of you staying with the priest, you want to go out? He tells you they'll have the, the ritual in the, the village. Uh, it sort of moves around. You'll see. But uh, your friends, and he points out where the, the mayor's house is. Um, you can all go there uh, and then come out to watch. So the ritual, very interesting. Okay, so the ritual, there is kind of a drum procession that comes into the village, and you're guessing that the older gentleman is um, the elder of the uh, Chigani. Marko Markovich. Marko Markovich, and the old woman with him uh, is the Luminesta uh, Vinklovich. They come in, and as they're coming in, you can see that they sort of have a staffs, um, but they've got flowers on them. And as they come into the, the village, uh, you notice also that there is a little girl uh, she looks like she is, oh, just what you would guess because of the fertility thing, prepubescent. So she's hasn't hit puberty yet, but she's that young. And uh, they go towards one of the houses. You could say it's the first house along the through the village. They go to the first house, 
and uh, the little girl steps inside uh, along with uh, uh, Luminista, and they close the door. And it's it, they're in there for a few minutes, and then the door is opened, and the little girl comes out, and she is now wearing a sort of makeshift gown, uh, but the gown is made of uh, leaves and branches and vines. Uh, she's covered, uh, and it's a little chilly, but you can see that she's probably naked underneath that. Uh, she's barefoot, and she steps out of the house, and the the people start singing this little tune, which is, you don't know what they're singing, but the, the tune sort of gets caught in your head as they're doing it. And you realize that it's repetitive. The song is, every couple of seconds it repeats. Uh, it seems to have four verses, and then they repeat. And after 10 minutes of hearing this, you can almost sing along. And everybody, people are all singing along. But as she steps out of the house, and they get on either side of her. The woman of the house takes a pitcher of water and pours it over the little girl. Um, then a couple of people reach down into the mud that that makes at her at her feet, and they smear the mud all over her arms and her legs. And then they sing, she walks forward, they follow behind, and she goes to the next house in the row. The, uh, the door opens, uh, the woman of the house comes out, and she once again pours water over the little girl, and they rub mud on her flesh. And then the father of the house, just before she leaves, hands her a little gift, which she takes. And then they go to the next house, and they go one house after the other. Um, there's, they're doing this in the middle of the town. Um, she goes to maybe 10 or 12 houses, and you get the feeling that the ritual is coming to an end. She now has people behind her holding all these little gifts that she's gotten. And you can see that she's freezing. She's she's jittery, but she doesn't seem to be complaining. The last one pours the water, spreads the mud, and then uh, there's an uplifting sort of part of the song uh, like this. And then they once again, they take her into the house, and they're in there for a few minutes. And after they come back out, she has been washed and cleaned, and she has a new white dress uh, that's all embroidered with flowers all over it. And uh, the people sort of cheer, they clap, whatever they do. And uh, she gets her little gifts, and then they escort her away uh, and back to wherever the Chigani village um, with the, uh, the elder and the wise woman walking with her. And that seems to be the end of the ritual. Oh, curious. I wonder what it is that I wonder the houses they went to were consecutive. Yeah, one, they one didn't skip. The well, they didn't go to the priest's house. Yeah, but hmm. 
But they didn't go to Chicani houses. They went, they bring this ethnic girl from her village into the town. Correct. Whereas they both sort of torment her and gift her. Did it was the packages uh they are wrapped in paper? Yeah, they're pretty little packages wrapped in so we don't gifts. have a we don't have a sense of what sort of things she was given, whether it's part of a bridal trousseau or they are small quantities of money or foodstuffs or right. Now while that's going on, you do have the ability to ask questions. Well, if you could converse with them, but you really can't. Um, you might have, you might have, you know, when you're looking at it, you might have done this to to indicate to somebody what what's going on, and they they tell you, but they told you in Serbian, so you don't. And yeah. uh, Todor did not come out to watch with us. We oh yeah, Todor would have been with you, so you can ask questions. Yeah. Yeah, she represents the spring, I guess, and, and the how, earth. Do, how, how do they choose the houses they visit? Well, they always do these in a in a circle around the the main village. Mm-hmm. Um, the Chigani say that it uh, yet yeah, blesses the village uh, and uh, offers it, uh, you know, protection from a bad winter or from mm-hmm. something. But uh, Anna would not have them in her house. So what if a family objects? Well, they were all ready for it. So, yeah, they went to the ones that people, nobody seemed to object. They've done this in the village for, I don't know, hundreds of years. Hmm. Hmm. Does this uh, ceremony have a name? I don't know. Something probably. So it's Chagani. Yeah. Neruda, do you know of a parallel to this particular sort of escapade? Well, I mean, that's there's the 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 images of prepubescence, virginity, purity, cleansing, yeah, earth development. It's the symbols. That are used in this. I mean, is so so common in the European folk tradition. Then, um, while the particulars of this ritual are unique to this community, as far as I am aware, it fits within a broader European folk tradition. So there's nothing. There's nothing too out of the ordinary, in my opinion. Yeah, your guess would also be that the little girl is now treated special for the year because yeah. she's she endured yeah. what you yourself would not necessarily want to endure. With oh, yes. Theodore would have enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. yeah, he would have liked it. Hmm. So, anyways, uh, we'll have we'll have you guys just the the celebration is done. You guys end up going back to your respective houses and uh, and you find them very comfortable that evening. Um, huh. uh, Dabrowski and Theodore, you're staying with the priest. Mm-hmm. I would like the two of you um, I would like the two of you to do listen once. 
Listen, listen. Oh, no. That's a fail. Did you fail by a lot? Uh, uh, 62 out of 50. <laughs> I can't hear you, Dorian. I failed by a lot. Okay. Well, I'll just say, Theodore, you are lying in bed. You're comfortable. You've fallen asleep. Something wakes you up. You're not sure what time it is. You know that it's late. It's you know pitch black outside. Um, but you think you can hear talking coming from somewhere downstairs. But I wouldn't be able to understand what it is because it's no, but it it sounds like people, it sounds like some people having a conversation of some sort. Like really early in the morning, like yeah, like like 3 a.m. Yeah, 2 a.m. somewhere in there. Does it does it sound like they're angry or there's like an argument or more? It sounds it sounds like they're trying to be quiet. Um you can't really pick out individual voices. Just mm-hmm. there's the noise of somebody talking downstairs quietly. But it's, you know, houses. Yeah. Well, that's, that doesn't sound too off. I mean, uh, if you uh, want to investigate, you need to do a stealth. stealth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm real stealthy. Let's see how awake I am. Like, I do it at all. 32. I believe that's a success. That is an astounding success. It's, it's an average standard pass. So, you put on your robe, you know, just so that you're decent, mm-hmm. and you open up your door. And you, you you're you're on the second floor. Yeah. Um, you you step out onto the the landing, and you can definitely hear three people. You think they're all women, um, and they seem to be conversing in a language. Now you've been here now a few days in Serbia. And even though you don't know Serbian, you know the cadence. You know, when you're hearing people talking in Serbian, it sounds like Serbian to you, even though you don't know the the language. This isn't Serbian. This is something else. Oh, would I know it from any of the languages I know? Uh, No, but it has a very odd cadence. Um, You don't know what it is. Uh, It sounds like three women maybe in the kitchen downstairs that are talking um how did you do on yourself on myself stealth oh on myself oh i rolled a 32 out of 50 okay so pretty good pretty good success so do you want to investigate further yeah, I'll I'll just kind of peek a little bit farther. I I don't want to go too much farther down without letting Dorian know. But so I'll go. I'll do one more little okay. 
poking around. So halfway down the stairs or so? Yeah, yeah, just like that. Yeah, there are there are definitely three women talking in the kitchen. And you don't really get the idea that they're arguing, but that they're almost hissing at one another the way they're talking, trying to be quiet, but the S's are really distinct. Sorry. Do any further? You can see there's a light on in the kitchen under the door. I'm so curious as to like what's going on in there. So I'll just go ahead and break my logical reasoning from earlier, and I'll just go down by myself and peek a little bit further. Okay. Do a luck roll. Look at that. 17. Bingo. That's hard or maybe even okay. extreme. So you go up to the door, uh, to the kitchen. You see the light on. Definitely there's three women in there talking. They seem to be discussing something. You don't know what they're discussing. Do you open the door? Uh, 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 this just really seems pretty... pretty I, I can't, yeah, I'll try to just peek in. Just, just to peek in. Just very... Very just just a tiny peek, okay. Just a little bit. Like they're they're not like just a couple feet away from it. Do I sense that they're like across the room? It's it's a decent sized kitchen, so okay. Yeah, I'll just kind of just uh, just a little bit. I'm not going to swing it open. Just just a tiny bit. Well, when you open it up, a tiny bit, or a tiny bit. <laughs> what you see is Anna, uh, and she is making herself a cup of tea. And um, at first, you think that she is arguing with somebody in the room or or discussing something with somebody in the room. Um, But you realize that when the other person talks, it's still Anna where the sound is coming from. And uh, she all of a sudden sort of straightens up as if she's sensed something. And she turns around and she looks at the door. She's like, she says something then in Serbian, most definitely. And uh, what do you do? Um, do you have a little milk? Okay, so you're going to open the door? Yeah, she Um, she sees me and she's talking to me, so I'm just going to go play it off like I'm just coming down for a midnight, just a little little sip, little, little. Once she sees you, um, uh, she gets a big smile on her face, and you get the impression from her pantomime, please, please come in, please come in. Uh, and she points to the tea that she's making, and you know, you want some tea? Just, yeah, just a little bit. Just just please bit. come in like this. You step into the kitchen. There's nobody there but her, and uh, she's very gracious, and she makes you a cup of tea. And um, you having difficulty sleeping, or 
you know, she's definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah. A little, little restless sleeping. So you sit there and you, you sip a cup of tea and you look around and you wonder what the fuck is going on and do maybe a sanity roll. Uh, uh, who's, who said that I'm drinking the tea in front of her? Oh, I, I, I'm not, I was planning on thanking her and going back to my bedroom. Oh, okay. Well, you can do that. Okay. Should I do my sanity? Well, roll? I mean, are you kind of freaked out? I am a little bit freaked yeah, out. You can do a sanity roll. <laughs> it's weird. Oh, look at that. It's it's my normal 92. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You 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 thank her, you take your tea, yeah. and you go upstairs. And as you're going up the stairs, you're kind of like, what the fuck was that all about? And you can take one point of yeah. sanity roll. And uh, that's where we will end it for tonight. We went a little bit over, but that's okay. It was cool. Our players included Morgan Llewellyn, David Gasway, Stuart Lipley, Keith Craig, and Josh Harwood with yours truly as the Keeper of Arcane Lore. We have a Discord server where you can chat with other members, you can set up private games, you can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar two helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck, good gaming.